Father, we do thank you again for your great mercy to us, your gifts of repentance and faith in Christ, that you've placed us in a body, that you've called us individually, but you call us into a community, and what a joy it is to be members of the body of Christ, specifically members here at Sylvania. I love this group. I love the joy they bring every Sunday morning. I love the fact that they want to grow in Christ and that your spirit is working in them, unifying them, uh, drawing them to loving Jesus more, to displaying Him and and imaging Him, um, both individually and collectively. I pray that you continue to work in them and that you work in us this morning as we discuss... um, a little bit of a controversial topic. Thank you that your word challenges us to think through why we do things. And I pray that you give us wisdom and grace as we discuss the topic this morning. In Christ's name, amen. All right, last, last week, I put out a challenge. Thank you very much. I put out a challenge. How many of you we're able to read through 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 15 this week. Yes? No? We got, we got two. We got two. All right. So last week we talked about the conversion of Lydia, right? We talked about the, uh, the, the, the prominence that Lydia had in the church there at Philippi um, and, and, and the... the patronage that she gave to Paul's ministry. Um, And we talked about the fact that that wasn't necessarily a unique situation. Uh, Lydia's hospitality, her leadership in the church there was not unique. Uh, We see that throughout the New Testament, there are several women who have prominent roles uh, that are are active in the the ministry of their churches. Uh, In Acts 17, we'll see Luke reference that several leading women in Athens were persuaded by the gospel and joined Paul and Silas. Uh, Later in chapter 17, we see that Aquila and his wife Prissa worked with Paul in Corinth. It's a cool name for... uh, It sounds very feminine, Prissa, doesn't it? Um, Anyway, he and his wife worked with Paul. uh, She, wait, Aquila and his wife Prissa worked with Paul in Corinth. Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla. But it's also Prissa is the way it's it's termed. I read it this morning. I had to be right. It was, yes. They... Uh, so should we go back in and it's Pr- Prissa is the name that's used in in Acts 17. Priscilla is used in in Romans uh, uh, later. Oh no 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 not Romans somewhere another place he talks about uh, where they are instructing Apollos and he uses the name Priscilla there. But okay so also in Romans 16, Paul begins his final greeting in that letter with commending to the church a woman named Phoebe whom he calls a diakonos, which is the term for servant or minister. We get the word deacon from this, and it's used as a title. She is the only person named in the New Testament with the title deacon. What are we to do with that? What do we do with that? What's the role of women in leadership in the church? You see all this freedom with Paul. He goes to the women at at the riverside to preach to them. Uh, Even though they don't constitute a synagogue under Jewish thought, he goes to preach to them and some of them are converted. And then 
Later on, he writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, starting in verse 8. And let me just read it. Let's see what we do with this. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger and quarreling. We talked last week about that being an indictment against Baptists. Likewise also, though raising holy hands and the anger and the quarreling. Okay, anyway. Likewise also, the women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. What are we to do with this? Listen to Beyonce. Implement it. Implement it. Well, I'm hoping you do. Um, she's got to stay quiet. She's got to stay quiet. I whispered you last What do you do with that? I mean, you have this on the one side, massive freedom. He would write, there's no Jew or Greek, there's no male or female in Christ, there's no slave or free, but all are one in Christ. What was the one that we talked about last, last week? Do you remember? How are we one in Christ? Same standing. Same standing. Same worth. Same value. Both created in the image of God. And yet, I don't permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. What's going on there? What am I to tell Nathaniel when his mother corrects him? What is he talking about? Go ahead. Well, it doesn't change the standing before God. Just defines the roles that we have, the person of the Trinity that we're supposed to represent. Okay, in what way? It, it reflects, I, I think, from what you're saying, it reflects the personhood of the Trinity. That we have different roles, it doesn't necessarily reflect our value before God. Okay, I agree with that. In what way does it reflect the Trinity? Uh, the Father, the Mother, and the children uh -huh. reflect the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. So the Trinity, all three persons of the Trinity are God. Their okay. standing is God. Right. But they have different roles um, of duty and of submission to one another. Okay. Duty, roles, duty and roles of submission. Each one submitting to one another. Um, that's great for the family. He's talking about the church. Who are supposed to be no male or female in Christ. What do we do with that? What are the three things that he pulls out here? What is he? First of all, he says women are to learn how? Quietly. What does that mean? Chelsea, what do you think that means? <laughs> Learning quietly. What does that mean? I mean, what I have to read as an angry teenager in commentary to try to help me understand this uh -huh. was um, that 
the women would uh, question the authority of maybe their husbands or sure. or cause embarrassing situations to happen. Yeah. And so that happens. Encouraged to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so so you think culturally it's dealing with the fall and the women and, and, and the, the natural sort of inclination of women in the fall to usurp to to you know there's this kind of that's the idea out there anyway. This is combating that. To keep order. To keep order. Yeah. I, okay, I can see that. What else? What else? What does it mean, silence? Is it is it a cultural thing that he's dealing with about how women were chatty Cathy's back then and so he needed to shut that down in the church? Uh, I don't know how valid this is, but uh, I believe I read somewhere that at the time uh, uh, sermons were a lot less of sermons, a lot closer to lectures. So it was often for people to like raise their hand or like ask a question directly to whoever was speaking at the time. Okay. I don't know how valid that is, but it may be referring to that. Maybe. Maybe there could be some of that going on. Silence. Go ahead. Does it quietly have um, anything to do with their attitude of ah. of how they were how they were receiving? With their attitude, dealing with the heart of reception. Silence, but a, a more of a quiet thing, like a peaceable approach to learning. Quiet being a peaceable approach to learning. That's interesting. Go ahead. Ephesus was a pretty wealthy city, wasn't it? Uh, yes. So there were a lot of wealthy people, and there were people doing things to show their wealth. Sure. And I think that's what he's addressing with some of the adornments and the okay. hair braiding and things like that. But I think also there were a lot of women that were trying to be teachers or preachers. Okay. And Paul had already talked about that. And right. He knew that was going on there. Mm -hmm. He asked Timothy to address it. Okay. So as he's speaking, not so much that you've got to be quiet in church. Like, once you go to the doors, you're quiet the whole time. I think it's more so you're quiet and you're learning, i.e., you should not be in the pulpit. Ah, okay. Quiet and you're learning, i.e., you should not be in the pulpit. All right. We'll see you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. I agree, it doesn't mean total silence. Um, and, and it really seems to be referencing something earlier in the passage that we see uh, in, in verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead, that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life. It's the same idea. This isn't a new injunction to women. It's just applying the principle that all Christians should be quiet in their learning. That all Christians should be peaceable, not argumentative, not disagreeable, uh, but seek to be where, it's, where it is, uh, um, uh, depends on them to live a peaceable life. The idea is don't be contentious, but be quiet in your learning. It's applied specifically to women here, but it, earlier he had applied to everybody, right? So it's a kind of quietness that respects and honors the leadership of the men God has called to oversee the church. The silence here is directly opposite to, in, in 
through 15. It's directly opposite to exercising authority over men. Those are the two, those are the two extremes, or the two uh, counterbalances. One is exercising authority over men or be quiet. In other words, the quietness is not shut up. The quietness is recognize the role that God has set in the authority of the church and be submissive to that role because it's not about the men, it's about who God is. Does that, does that make sense? Um, yeah, that was already a radical idea to say, that, you know, uh, to say let the women learn. Right. The fact that they were teaching the women at all is a big deal. But it's the, it's the God has ordained roles for the genders. It's not about worth. It's about displaying the, a, a peaceable and quiet life. Because the call on men, too, is not to be argumentative <laughs> as well. They're also called to live peaceable lives. I mean, that's the first part in verse 8. They're also called to be peaceable. In the role, not to be contentious, you woman, that's not the, that's not the role. The role is to be peaceable as well. You were going to say something. Yeah. I, I hope it's right. Is it going to be? It's going to be good. Okay, good. <laughs> um, it's always a good question. But I think, I think Paul had to be specific to women here um, because at the end of the passage, he refers back to the curse. And in Genesis 3, when God is talking to Adam and Eve about the curse, um, the, the main thing he says to Adam is because you listen to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I commanded you not to. Um, so, like, Adam was in trouble for listening to his wife yeah, uh, because that was, like, he was supposed to be the leader there. And then uh, to the woman... Uh, well, he's got in trouble for listening to bad advice from her. Well, yeah. And not using the wisdom God had given not him. Not being the leader that he should have been. You can't use that when you're driving on the road. You can still listen to women. It's okay. So, and then, uh, <laughs> but, but just, just before that, <laughs> but just before that, in uh, verse 16, um, God says to the woman that your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Mm. And there's no really um, statement about that. I mean, men, we of course struggle with pride, but there's no like direct, your desire will be for your boss or whatever. Yeah. But women, I believe this is saying that women have a natural inclination to want to rule over men just because of how we're created. Um, and it's or, just, or how we're fallen, maybe. Right. Well, it's just a, it's going to be a constant struggle. Sure it is. So I think Paul had to be specific about it here. Sure it is. Sure it is. But, but I think, I think, I think, too, that the injunction is for men also to live, to be peaceable and, and quiet in their lives. Quietness. It's called out in a different way. Yeah, it just describes it in a different way. Quietness means not speaking in a way that compromises the authority that God has placed in the church. And he's given the ultimate, in the hierarchy of authority, humanly speaking, in the church, it's to be, it's to be the male, the, to be men. Again, we're not talking about worth. Uh, in, our, in our culture, we've equated role with worth. And that's not biblical. I'm not worthy enough as a man unless I'm serving in the military, too. Unless I'm on the front line, too. You don't think I'm worthy. Well, no. It's that I, it's the role. It's what, how we're built. Boom, there's a one. It's how we're built, right? Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not worthy enough if I'm not uh, running my own church. You don't think I'm worthy? No. 
It's the role. It's the role that God has given. Um, we're talking about roles that complement each other. So he says, be quiet in learning. What does he also say? What does he mean by teach? There goes children's ministry. What does he mean by teach? Well, I think the or to, it, it's not teach separately. Right. It's teach or exercise authority. Okay. Over men. Grouping, grouping those together, which would go back to the you know, previous instance. The man is supposed to be the one leading. If a woman is the one trying to then lead men in, in teaching, then yeah. that kind of seems to just fall in line with everything else that's already been written. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think you're right. I think they're linked. Teaching and exercise authority are linked. Um, Paul and others refer to women teaching all the time in the New Testament. It's not considered an, an abnormality. Abnormality? An abnormality? <laughs> I, need to, I need to be quiet for a little bit and learn. <laughs> yeah, she teaches, right. Uh, we just talked about uh, Prissa, or Priscilla, who also teaches Apollos. There's, there's a teaching that goes on. Titus 2.3, older women are to teach younger women. Timothy learned scriptures from his mother and grandmother, and Paul called on him to remember that teaching, to rise up to the standards that they set for him in their teaching. Not, hey, forget what those women told you. He called him to remember that. Um, all right, so, so probably not every kind of teaching that Paul uh, uh, has in mind is involved in, in this passage. He's talking about specifically, I think you're right, I think it's linked to the exercise of authority over men. So teaching here is in relation to or limited to some kind of authority that Paul has in mind. So what does Paul mean by authority? What kind of authority? Any author what, what's authoritative? In church life, preaching. You're in authority. Good. Uh, preaching or eldership. Preaching or eldership. A leader Pastoral in the church. Pastoral roles. In the okay, what are those? Doesn't I mean? Preachers, teachers of the word, in mixed settings. Okay. Deacons, elders. So deacons and but we got Phoebe. What are we going to do with that? Dang old Phoebe. <laughs> that was a wrench in our works. Does it say what action she did inside the church, though? Uh, well, it's, I'm not exactly the most learned of people on this subject. So what exactly uh, are the duties of a deacon? Well, let's, let's talk about that. What are, the, what are the duties of an elder? What are the duties of them? Denomination you are. Yeah, it's true. It, it, this, churches don't have elders. They have deacons. They have deacons, right. So, Although a lot of the deacons can't teach and they shouldn't be. Because anyway. so they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be, I agree. So what the, would be the role of an elder or a deacon in that culture? In, in, in biblically speaking, the, the qualities of an elder involve preaching and teaching, and, and there's this idea of ministry of the Word as it relates to growing people in Jesus. There's some administrative functions there. I mean, we see in Acts early on, the apostles acting as elders of the Church of, of Jerusalem were... Um, we're, we're doing some of the administrative stuff of, of handing out um, uh, charity uh, contributions to widows and things like that. There's some of that. I think their term ended and they rolled off and they gave that over to some other guys. Um, it's part of their church constitution. Uh, but but there's, there's this idea of vision setting, 
of, uh, of, of being uh, um, students of the word, increasing in knowledge of the word, being able to apply it. Counseling is usually involved in some of that. So there's that kind of stuff going on where you're setting a path for someone how to, be, how to look more like Jesus, how to, how, to, uh, how to testify to his greatness in the world around you, and modeling that. That's kind of the, the idea of eldership. Deacons, same principle, but they're, they're, they tend to be more administrative. Um, they're usually involved in serving, you know, the, the idea is serving tables, uh, uh, um, doing, you know, various administrative things, providing, making sure that, that, that there's a, a place for people to meet, that, that kind of thing is what you, what you typically will see. They're, they're the logistical guys, yeah. But there, but there is that. There's this attitude of service of the, to the body physically, whereas elders, elders are service of the body spiritually or, or through the ministry of the Word. That's, that's generally the, the concept you see. So, so under that, deacons wouldn't necessarily be considered teaching staff? No. I mean, they, a, a lot of deacons can. I mean, a lot of deacons here can. But that, that's not necessarily the role that they're, they're placed in at the time. <coughs> yes. Okay. So I don't hear the word deacon about anyone in the church. Is that what um, basically like the special committees or teams? Well, we're, we, are, uh, we do have deacons. Um, there, at, at one time we had four that dealt with certain ministries of the church. We're, we're expanding that, we're working on expanding that. Um, we've, got to, we've got to be better about, I think, trumpeting who those guys are. But, but yeah. one was over the boys' home ministry. Right. One was over, uh, there, there were... Finance team leader usually is considered to be a deacon even though it hasn't been formally installed there. Um, it's a procedural error. But yes, we do have them. And a lot of times they just rise up naturally. Hey, can you handle this? It's kind of a deacon role. But yeah, I agree. We need to be more intentional about our deacon ministry. Uh, we're working on it. We're just vision guys. That's all we are. You know. All right, so Timothy is told by Paul, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. There's the, the role that they're given, preaching and teaching. The natural sense here is that Paul is saying, I don't permit a woman to assume the office of elder. That's, it's considered to be the highest office in church polity. So that's the natural sense of what he's saying. Elder authority is servant authority. Elder leadership is servant leadership. That's why teaching is at the heart of the calling. Elder authority leads by persuasion not coercion. Uh, it, it leads by teaching, not political maneuvering. So elder authority is always subordinate to the biblical text. It can always be called to account by Scripture. Therefore, teaching is a primary instrument of that leadership. So what is this authority? Authority that Paul is referencing here is the divine calling of spiritual gifted men to make primary to take the primary responsibility as elders for Christ-like servant leadership and teaching in the church. As the hierarchy goes, 
the elder body sits kind of at the top of that. Even in churches that don't have elders but a deacon board, if, if that's the highest leading body, then women probably should not, yes, women should not, I'll just own it, women should not serve in that role. However, if you're in leadership as, in a, as, a, as a man in the church, you would be a fool not to have some process by which you solicit wisdom and insight from all members, including women of the church. God gifts people in certain ways and is different from you. Any group of elders or other male leaders in the church would hamstring themselves by not having that ability to solicit insight and wisdom from other members. Um, it doesn't mean that elders are the only ones who are permitted to teach. If the, if the position does not include the ruling and teaching functions reserved for elders in the New Testament, it's my view that these offices should be open to women. What do you think about that? If it's not a ruling elder function, then it should be open to women. Yeah. Would you, would you add the qualifying factor as long as that role of deacon does not exercise authority or teach over a man? So in what way would it, would it be the supreme authority over a man? I mean, take the, the deacon role of the boys' home minister. Uh -huh. Or um, teaching in the, in the oasis. Okay. Over becoming men. People. Okay. Um, Children's ministry. Well, children aren't men. Yeah, but they're males. But I think. I think our they're leaders in their fifth grade class. Guys <laughs> would be men. So. Going by Jewish law, or are we going by? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a gray area that that is that is there. And 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 that's a good point. There is a gray area. Uh, I think that um, that certainly there's a there's a conscience discussion there. I I personally am of the opinion that if a woman is under the authority of the male eldership, that there should be willing participation. If 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 people in their conscience don't want to go in there, that's fine. But I. I don't know. I'm one guy. I'm not speaking for everybody, but I think that the, we that I think a lot of the constraints that we put on women exercising their gifts under the headship of elders tends to be more cultural rather than biblical, and we see that with with Apollos. Um, I will tell you this: I don't think a song leader fits that problem. That's not a gray area for me. I think I think a woman leading music in the in the main service should cause nobody to bat an eye. That's not, the, that's not an elder role. You don't want us up there leading music. <laughs> and so because that's most specifically not an eldership role, he doesn't mention that, uh, I, I, don't, I, I think that women praying in church, reading scripture in church, that should be okay. But, but teaching, preaching, mm, that's, that's what Paul pulls back. That's an instruction, that's an exercising of authority there. You know, if you look at the qualifications for like the elders and stuff, it talks about a person who has his family in order and stuff. Mm. In that sort of way, he would, he's done well as far as 
raising this household. Yeah, that's why I'm stepping down. Listening to her, you know, listening to her, you know, he, he's someone that's wise enough that would pay attention to her advice. Or right, not, right. And waiting for God's word. That yeah, stuff. yeah. Question specifically about the singing worship leader. Mm -hmm. Is that, so that is not an authoritative position in the church at all? I don't think so. I don't think we don't. I think it's a mistake to call that a worship pastor position. I think that's a, a bad use of terminology. It's it's a leadership role certainly, but it's not a, a it's not a teaching preaching position in the church. I mean, unless they have a spiritual gifting of teaching or preaching, then if they're up on stage, shouldn't they be able to? Well, well, if they're going to use that to pick songs aligned with the sermon that's being preached, right. that kind of thing, if they have if they have an understanding of how to tie in themes and all that, yeah, I mean, use it that way. But they're not up there when you're leading music to deliver a sermon. It's, Correct. But praying over the body, that kind of thing, I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, okay. that's so, that's me. That's not a you know. That's just me. What about Beth Moore? Uh, Everybody wants to talk Beth Moore. No, there are other reasons to stay away from Beth Moore other than this okay, issue, but go ahead. Anyway, I like Beth Moore. But whatever. whatever. Anyway, so, so she... Submit, woman. <laughs> she, she has a Sunday school class. Sure, there yeah. are men who voluntarily want to go to her Sunday school class, and she's under the authority of the male mm -hmm. pastors in her church who support her and her class is open to whoever yeah. wants to yeah. attend. To me, it seems like this passage is talking <clears throat> about women lording it over right. men in some way and and uh, in, in a way that is <clears throat> not where it, if somebody likes the teaching style of someone and yeah. gleans from it, right. that they have the ability uh, to do without, that. Without endorsing the ministry of Beth Moore, okay. I am not opposed to that construct. I think, it, I think, again, it comes down to if she's under the headship of the elders and they're monitoring what she's doing and they're, and they're challenging if she says something. I mean, if they came in and said, what you're teaching here is heresy, that's oversight over what I'm doing in this classroom. And that should be done. If, if I'm teaching heresy. That should be, and I may be now, I don't know, you tell me. Uh, I, 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 am, I'm, I have oversight with the other guys, right? Um, and if she's under that headship, and men who are not uh, troubled in their conscience are drawn to hear what she has to say, uh, put, 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 put aside questioning whether or not that's wise, on some areas, uh, but that's the that's the thing. Other men who are, they're not forced to go but in I there. Think it's different than like out in the oasis, a woman teaching the uh, Wednesday night junior and senior boys. Okay, yeah, and, that's and, your class. And, that's and all you have to go. That's the only right. place you can go, and those guys are becoming men. Right, right. And that that gives them no other choice. Sure. I, I don't know. What does authority mean, though? Is it just if oh if I want to go to that class then I mean wh what do you mean what does authority mean authority like you know says, in what way let not women to teach or have authority over men right right so so if, if we go to a, a Sunday school class and men voluntarily go there what I mean 
Wouldn't that be authority? But that's not that's not the he's talking about the ultimate authority in the what's that? Authority is like as an organizational right. standpoint. This is the order, this is the authority of things. Right. And I know we used to go to Beth Moore's class and I think it is a slippery slope because the elders and the pastor changed her time because it was competing with service. So well, they asked her to change uh, the time. Yeah. And then they would still come in and she would let him say every once in a while, like, men, like, I, we as the elder, we have chosen her with her gifts to do a Sunday school class, but we have given her that authority. So there right. was a structural honor to the hierarchy. Right. But it became a church in its own. Yeah. People sure. were attending her class and not church. And that and that's became, a danger. It became a full And that's a, that's a whole other issue. That's a danger with any charismatic speaker. And I don't mean that in the denominational sense. I mean that with somebody who has a good who's a good teacher is that it becomes about the rock star rather than about the word. That's a danger with anybody. That's a danger with we I mean there's a guy over at Green Acres who has a he's a great class. And they're, they're a small church, basically. But he's a great teacher. He's a good guy. I love to hear him preach. But, it's, but the, the, the function of it is that it's a church within a church. We had that happen at, at, a, at a youth group uh, when I was growing up, uh, such that when the youth pastor left to start his own church, a lot of the youth group who grew up followed the, you know, that's not, that's another issue. That has, I don't think that really has anything to do with gender as much as it does with idol, idolatry. Right, worshiping a teacher. Worshiping a teacher. Um, well, the verse says, "I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise." It's not teaching and exercise authority. So I don't see any leeway there over teaching. And yeah, I, I guess my question is, where where are you getting that it's the ultimate authority? I mean, God's the ultimate authority. But I know, but uh, well, yes. If you want to, we're talking about church polity. Let's yeah. use the the Presbyterian Church. That there is it Louisville that they're they have a governing group of overarching leaders of the Presbyterian Church, mm-hmm. and then they they the presbyters they appoint pastors in different locations, but they are still the overarching governing body of each location. If what's stopping them under what you're saying from appointing a woman to right. go lead this thing under their in a completely different city? governing authority like well I, I because it's for each local body I mean Paul Paul's not talking about that woman pre- would still be filling the role as an elder right she's at the local level serving as the highest authority at that local level and then well the body I mean it says don't it teach yeah, but it's connected with exercising authority. That's the the way the the way the language works. It's it's connecting both. Again, this is. I I don't. I maybe I'm an outlier. I don't see. I mean, if she's under the authority and the headship of the elders. <laughs> Fine. All right. Submission refers to the divine calling on of the rest of the church, both men and women, to honor and affirm the leadership of the elders and to be equipped by it for hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of various ministries available to men and women in the service of the church. So here's the deal. Um, 
as to the whole church, nobody's called to stay home and watch soaps. Uh, no, which, how would you anyway? Uh, no, or the cowboys. No, God intends to mobilize and equip both men and women uh, through a company of spiritual men who take primary responsibility for leadership and teaching in the church. Leading music on Sunday morning is not a uniquely elder role. We've already discussed that. Praying after leading music on Sunday morning is not a uniquely elder role. Reading scripture before the congregation on Sunday morning is not a uniquely elder role. There's culture and there's Bible. There's preference and there's proclamation. Let's not add to the unnecessary burdens uh, to the body. Let's not add unnecessary burdens to the body. So, I, you know, again, we can differ over this hierarchy of teaching thing, and we will for a while, I guarantee you. But the overarching thing is that we put a lot of constraints on people serving based on cultural issues, not necessarily biblical issues, and so we need to be careful of doing that. We can rightly disagree over where the boundaries are, where those gray areas are. But, um, but anyway, that's, that's all I have to say about that. Yes? Historically, um, when did women get into the position of teaching Sunday school classes or anything? Wasn't it the, like the revolution in the 60s um, I mean they taught kids but then it got to where like they were teaching women's classes then it got to where they were teaching mixed classes they're just taking over well, I'm saying, like, well apparently they were teaching uh, back in the first century um, but they were probably teaching other women okay or kids yeah. sure or Apollos we're not told we're not told but Apollos we're given some hints by, by Priscilla I think, I think the safest thing to say is it's complicated. <laughs> that well it depends on the situation. On the situation. It also depends on the woman. On the woman. It yeah. depends very much on the men that are in the church. In the conscience of the church. It, it, yeah. It just depends. Sure. You know, not every man is the same type of man. So. Right. And not every woman is the same type of woman. So. That's true. In marriage. <laughs> yeah. It's very different. Um, submission looks different submission per looks couple. Different for each for each person, uh, for each family. Same with every church, every mm. local church. It looks different depending yeah. on the men that are leading, depending on the women that are. Yeah, but the but the constant but the constant I think with Paul is eldership. Sure. And sure. how that works out in deacons and and teaching ministry of the church below that. Sure. Level, I think. I think, I think you're it right. Can get very, very um, sticky when just my my personal experiences being in a bunch of different churches. Um, every church is different. Mm -hmm. Every church. Uh, every church tries to be as biblical as humanly possible, but it doesn't always work out that way. Um, by 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 the standards of other churches, different situations, yeah. different cultures, um, and that makes things right. complicated. Right. Um, that doesn't make one church any better than the other church. How how, how the polity of churches work in uh, in, in in East Texas uh, is different than how they work in say an African right. tribe. Where the men have been slaughtered, right? Right. What do you do there? 
Um, so, you know, I, I think in the, these are good discussions to have. We want to be biblical. We want to keep pushing forward and making sure that we're thinking through rightly and, and, and identifying the problems. But also, what is the, what's the whole purpose of the church? Yeah. It's to point to Christ. Always a good answer in Sunday school. So yes. If, Whether if, if a woman is teaching or not, it's still a good if, answer. If that's in Sunday the point of the church to love God, love people, just like it's our personal mm -hmm. objective in life is to love God, love people. Mm -hmm. You have to understand the cultures of wherever you're at right. in order to do that effectively. Um, is it a God? It is it a, is it a gospel thing? Or is it a is it a cultural, cultural thing? Right. That's the gospel a gospel has to take precedent. Well, right. Any sure. indication of the women that served in the Bible was that they were serving humbly and serving Qui quietly. Serving quietly and submissively. And submissively, and that right. it was not disruptive right. to the body. See the it thing was, you're describing with the Beth Moore deal, that's was, disruptive. It was not something that's that, that 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 was causing problems with the mm -hmm. unity of the church mm -hmm. and that I, I mean I think there's there's enough in scripture to 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 say that all of us men and women should like you said live peaceably and quiet and be unified and mm -hmm. I, I think the attitude of a woman even if she was gifted as a teacher and to teach other women but if the church community that she was in was not in support of that then her first and foremost role would be to be submissive and to be unified. Yeah. So does that also mean then, if we're going to do this whole teaching not over men kind of thing, should should men not read theological books written by women? That's not inside the church. You don't. You don't. It's even. I don't think that's the point. <laughs> yeah. So what what authority is she submitting to to do that at all? I mean, she's completely out. That's outside the church. So a woman inside the church writes a book. A woman in our church writes a book. Is she going to, is she going to teach through that book from the pulpit? Again, again, that's the elder role. Right. And I, and I agree with that. If she was going to teach the book from the pulpit. For example, I, I know uh, Beth Longer I'm thinking of taught through uh, the, the wedding the marriage, uh, marriage ritual in Judaism and, and how that relates to the and Christ in the church. Written that she taught through that was written by. I really wanted to hear that. I thought she had some great insights on that. I really wanted to. But that would that be a woman teaching over a man? Am I am I not to receive the insights that she studied through? Okay. Go ahead. I think I mean the text at hand. It, it, it relates, it says, right, not it's just uh, it, uh, a man, uh, where, uh, <laughs> anyway, his reasoning for saying what he said is he takes it all the way back to creation. Mm -hmm. And he says, for Adam was formed, formed first, and then Eve. Right. And so he's not talking about cultural things. Mm -hmm. He's not talking, and, and I don't honestly see how it's the highest positions. Mm -hmm. But he says, he takes it all the way back to creation. He's superseding all church body, church governance, mm -hmm. church hierarchical roles. Sure. And, and he's taking it all the way back to Who was above Adam at the time? God. Yes. So Adam was the elder of the 
church at the time. <laughs> He's the only one. I mean, that's the highest authority you have on earth. Yeah. Curiosity, what version did you pull the your source material out of? Like what version? The message. Yeah. It was the message. I'm just gonna go ahead and own it. Yeah, that's a, no. I just looked at the ESV. Okay, because uh, I'm like I'm scrolling through these things because I can get where Grant's coming from because it says or. Right, it says or, or here. It doesn't necessarily mean both. It means one or the other. But right. others have nor, which means neither of these. Okay. There's no way. Which implies an and. Which implies an and. That's right. So, it's not and or. But I but King James has nor, which is neither of these, and it means neither of these can happen. So we then to uh, own the idea. That uh, well, okay. I will grant you that Sunday school is a touchy issue. How are we doing on music? How are we doing on time? Let's submit to the ruling authorities on time, and uh, and let's. Uh, yes, ma'am. We're not. We're not talking about childbearing. No. Go ahead, Chelsea. So I can teach him what women's roles are. For now. So one thing that comes to mind, and it, this is not like scripturally based, this is just a practical thinking through, um, like any of you guys who have gone to work training or had going to college, and having a, a female lead your class, teach your class, it's just, I think it's important to think um, why, uh, biblically you can, a woman can and should teach within her giftings, but, um, I don't know, just like this, the, the thought of a man choosing to go, like electing to go to a class mm -hmm. a woman teaches, it shouldn't be wrong, I think. I don't know why I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate your quiet and peaceable demeanor in which you say <laughs> No, I, it's a diffi it's a, it is a, it's a contentious topic. And I think Paul's not, this isn't universal. Mm -hmm. A woman should never teach in any capacity. Right. Over, if there's right. a man present, right. they shouldn't teach. It's, it's, right. this, is with, this, is, this is within the church. Right. He qualifies that. This is within the church, within right. the body of Christ. Yeah. For yeah. corporate And yet, there are churches that did have women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you... Uh, Okay. okay. All right. Let's go to lunch. Let's go to lunch. Yeah. We'll go to lunch at Potbelly. And we will we will have such a good witness for the gospel <laughs> to talk through this topic at lunch. I can feel it. And 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 Laura will lead the discussion because we'll be outside the church, and that'll be okay. Can I pray? Yes. Am I permitted to? I will do that. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you cause us to beat upon the text. To, um, to learn of you and to think through how to work out this salvation with fear and trembling. How to work out the, the, the operations of governance and teaching and uh, ministry in the church according to what you set down for us. I thank you that you've given us all unique perspectives, that we come to the text with different biases. And yet, it's one text, one body, one spirit, one Lord over all. And so I pray that you continue to cause us to wrestle through these things in meekness, in quietness, in peaceableness, not looking to argue, but looking to see what it says and live it out. I thank you for the heart that's in this class to do that. I pray that you continue to grow it. Be with us in the next service. Oh, God, be with us in the next service. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm just gonna 